Welcome to Spiritual Awakening Radio, program number 661 in the HealthyLife.net CHSR series. My name is James Bean. Today's program is a bit different as it is dedicated to the history of the Path of the Masters, something I occasionally do. In the past, I've done programs on the origins of Sant Mat, and this is my other major academic-type paper on the history of the path. It's called or titled Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, The Unknown Guru of Radhaswami History. So I want to enter this into the public record today and call attention to this rare history of the path of the masters or Santmat, a guru of the lineage that few have heard of. It's important to preserve the history for future generations. It's based on an article published, a paper published in Sach Khand, the Journal of Radhaswami Studies, produced by Professor David Christopher Lane, MSAC Philosophy Group. It's also an e-book which you'll find at academia.edu, the Internet Archive at archive.org. I have it at Medium, WordPress, and the Sontmont blog at Blogger as well. So if some of these footnotes kind of escape you or you want to read, you know, get the written version complete with footnotes and quotation marks and uh, all of the references in full, Request a copy of the ebook version or the online version of this, if you like. Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami history, a spiritual successor of Sant Telsi Sahib, the great great grandfather and founding guru of modern day Santmat, as well as a spiritual successor of Sant Telsi Sahib and another guru of Swamiji Maharaj, Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami history, a spiritual successor of Sant Telsi Sahib, and another guru of Swamiji Maharaj. For many years, some scholars and others curious about Sant Mat history have been puzzled by references in early Radhaswami literature to a living master that Swamiji Maharaj associated with and apparently was very devoted to. His name was Gudhari Sahib, sometimes called Gudhari Lal. However, little was known about this particular guru or his actual status in either Tulsi Sabi or the earliest of Radhaswami communities. But with the advent of Facebook, where you have Indians and Westerners for the first time on the same network, with the advent of the World Wide Web and a growing population of English-speaking Indians getting online, including devotees of various Sant Mat centers all over India, many new avenues of information are starting to open up. It's now becoming much easier to correspond with individuals affiliated with any number of spiritual communities in the Sant Mat category that up to now have been kind of off limits, have been considered virtually unknown in the Western world. Ashrams affiliated with various guru lineages associated with Kabir, Guru Nanak, Dadu Dayal, the Sri Paramahans Advait Mat group. 
Sant Darya Sahib of Bihar and the Darya Panth, Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras and a plethora of Radhaswami communities are even creating official websites and Facebook pages or groups. New books and e-books are appearing. Web pages containing excerpts from rare documents are starting to appear. Is there evidence that Baba Gudhari Sahib was a guru in the Tulsi Sahib community? Yes, there is. And according to several different independent sources, different branches of Santmat. The Sant Tulsi Sahib Mandir in Hathras and the Sant Gudhari Sahib Mandir or Ashram of Lucknow provide some clues about this. From my direct experience, corresponding with various followers affiliated with the Tulsi Sahib group, I am told that Gudhari Sahib became a spiritual successor guru of Tulsi Sahib, founding an ashram and spiritual mission based in Lucknow, known as the Sant Gudhari Sahib Mandir. I'm sure Gudhari's background was that of a sadhu, like some of those early Agra Radhaswami books emphasize, but clearly he is described by the Tulsi Sahib Satsang as becoming a guru successor, not just remaining a sadhu, monk, initiating representative, or elder satsangi brother. He has been referred to not only as Paramsant, but also with terms like Sri, Mahatma, Baba, and Maharaj by various ashrams connected with Tulsi Sahib and Radhaswami. Satsangis from the Tulsi Sahib group tell me there are five major ashram centers directly associated with the legacy of Tulsi Sahib, one in Hathras, one in Lucknow, and others in nearby cities. Each wali or mandir or ashram has a line of masters, a line of gurus, up to the living present. I have photos of many of these gurus, as well as icons, photos of icons of some of the earlier ones. According to some documents Dial Bog, the secretary of Dial Bog at Agra, sent me a while back, the Hathras guru, known as Mahantji, or his actual name was Guru Dialdas, attended the SpearCon 2010 Interfaith Santmat Conclave in Agra. He has since passed on, and the current guru at the Hathras Mandir is now Sri Misra Das. The understanding that Gudhari was a successor guru in the Tulsi Sahib Sangat and that he should also be acknowledged as a guru that Swamiji Maharaj associated with is not a new idea, is not something that I invented. It's something I've read about for years in the scholarly works of others. But I did find some other references to him in some of these newly discovered, newly appeared documents and put those all together and it became the basis for this paper I wrote. Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami or Santmat. Let's examine briefly what others have already said about Maharaj Gudhari Sahib of Lucknow and Seth Shivdayal Singh, also known as Swamiji Maharaj or Sant Radhaswami Sahib. This is an entry from the book Hinduism, an alphabetical guide by Roshan Dalal, an entry for Tulsi Sahib in this book 
Hinduism, an alphabetical guide. Tulsi Sahib, a guru of the 18th to 19th centuries, who founded a sect known as Sahib Panth. His chief disciples included Ramakrishna, not to be confused with other people by that same name. Ramakrishna, a shepherd, Gudhari Lal, also known as Gudhari Das, and Sir Swami. Tulsi died in 1843, and his disciples carried on his teachings, unquote. Professor Mark Jurgensmeyer in Radhaswami Reality, quote, Gudhari Das is described as being the, quote, chief disciple of Tulsi Sahib, a term that would usually imply he was understood as his designated successor. And he refers here to Pratap Singh Seth, biography of Swamiji Maharaj, page 108, uh, as his source for the term, the description, chief disciple of Tulsi Sahib, according to Pratap Singh Seth. After Tulsi Sahib's death, Swami Shiv Dayal brought Gudhari Das into his home, treated him with love, and accorded him respect due to a pious Mahatma, another reference from Pratap Singh Seth's biography of Swamiji Maharaj on page 37. Swamiji Maharaj treated Gudhari Das as his guru, as well as donated and gave, quote, substantial material support, unquote, to his spiritual mission for a number of years, according to the biography of Swamiji Maharaj, and according to Daniel Gold in The Lord as Guru, Hindi sants in the North Indian tradition. There is also another source, which we will explore in detail later in this article and program, that confirms Swamiji Maharaj attended the satsang of Maharaj Gudhari Sahib for, quote, a very long period of time. Actually, from the time of Tulsi Sahib's death to the dying days of Gudhari Sahib in August of 1860. In other words, during that entire period, Swamiji was associated with this particular successor of Tulsi Sahib, and we've got various references to that association between those two. Agra branches of Radhaswami. There are a few different documents from Agra Radhaswami sources that describe Gudhari Das as chief disciple of Tulsi Sahib. In the Sangit, or spiritual community founded by Sant Tulsi Sahib, we know there were several gurus to choose from after Tulsi Sahib's passing, the reference to Suraswami, Gudhari Das, and Ramakrishna, I mentioned earlier. For the Radhaswami literature to preserve the understanding that Baba Gudhari Sahib in particular was, quote, the chief disciple of Tulsi Sahib, this, in my view, likely reflects Swamiji's own understanding of him. Of course, Swamiji may also have revered other masters too, such as Sir Swami, who was the next guru at the ashram in Hathras. But Baba Gudhari Sahib is the guru that Swamiji supported monetarily, physically, spent time with, and only he is specifically named and described as chief disciple in the writings published by various Radhaswami groups. Actually, 
Swamiji had a home not only in Agra, but one in Lucknow. And in Swamiji's home in Lucknow, Gudhari lived. That became the home base for the satsang in Lucknow. In Swamiji's other house in Lucknow. According to the biography of Babuji Maharaj, Swamiji Maharaj used to treat Baba Gudharidas Ji, who was one of the chief disciples of Sahabji or Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, as guru. In the biography of Swamiji Maharaj by Lala Pratap Singh Seth, we read, quote, Gudharidas Ji was one of the sadhus who were followers of Tulsi Sahib. He was a great devotee and spiritual practitioner. Swamiji Maharaj treated him with love and accorded him respect due to a pious Mahatma. For a number of years, Swamiji lodged him in one of his houses, this is the house in Lucknow, and supplied him food, clothing, etc., unquote. The biography of Swamiji Maharaj mentions the city of Lucknow as being the location where Gudhari spent most of his time. And when Gudhari was about to pass away, Swamiji traveled to Lucknow to be with him and spent time with him in intense meditation. Quote, Both the female disciples of Gudhari Das came running to Swamiji and requested him to save his guru. Unquote. That's on page 376 of the biography of Babuji Maharaj. There is even a story told that Swamiji helped Gudhari at death's door to reconnect with the sound current, thus postponing his death brief- briefly. There is a belief in Santmat that at the time of death, the sound current, like the soul, begins to withdraw from the body. So by restoring the sound current, again, you know, it's buying some time, well, a bit more time to be with his teacher. Some interested in the history of Santmat find it to not be a coincidence that only after Baba Gudhari Sahib left the scene did Swamiji Maharaj officially and openly began his own public spiritual mission based in Agra, and soon thereafter began holding a public satsang. This was in 1861, the opening of the doors of the Radhaswami satsang in Agra. Another guru was next in line at the ashram in Lucknow after Gudhari's death. From correspondence with satsangis affiliated with the Lucknow ashram, I am informed that this is the line of their gurus, the Lucknow Mandir lineage. Sri Gudhari Sahib to Sri Dalal Sahib to Sri Siva Sahib, and at present, Sri Hari Charan Sahib is the living teacher at the Sant Gudhari Mandir in Lucknow. Professor David Christopher Lane, Aaron Tulski, and some other Indian scholars, plus Daniel Gold. David Lane in the Radhaswami tradition writes, Historically, it would be interesting to find out when Gudhari Das passed away. Note the Gudhari Das-Shivdayal Singh connection, though rarely, if, ev- if ever, mentioned by Santmat historians, has not escaped the watchful eye of two of Radhaswami's youngest scholars, Daniel Gold and Aaron Talsky. As Talsky speculates, a provocative possibility is that Shiv Dayal did not begin his public ministry during this interval of 1843 through 1861, 
either because he was sensitive to the status of Gudhari Das as a reputed successor to Tulsi Sahib, or indeed followed the latter in some way as his spiritual successor, in other words. We can discover that the two had a close relationship, and then he makes reference here to Chacha Ji's brief description of this relationship in the biography of Swamiji Maharaj. More enlightening, perhaps, is the fact that Chacha Ji's narration of the inauguration of public satsang in 1861 immediately follows his description of the death of Gudhari. Finally, the Tulsi or Tulsi Sahib Panth, which developed after the death of the Hathras Sant, asserts not only that Swamiji venerated Gudhari, but sometimes that he actually received his updesh, or spiritual instruction, from him. And then he refers to some Indian scholars that, of course, uh, have access to lots more in Hindi than we do in English, describing this association between Swamiji Maharaj of the Radhaswami Satsang and Sant Gudhari Sahib of the Tulsi Sahib group. And that's discussed in the book The Radhaswami Tradition, A Critical History of Guru Succession, published by Garland Publishing, a book by Professor David Christopher Lane and uh, some other scholars, too, uh, are referred to in that book, you know, some other Indian scholars. The exact death date for Sant Gudhari and what it reveals. If Swamiji Maharaj was a kind of spiritual successor of Gudhari, it would be very interesting to know the death date of Gudhari, because usually when a master passes on, the successors emerge and begin to carry on you know, function as master, uh, give satsang talks, initiate people, and so on. So to know that exact death date of Gudhari is a very important thing. I recently asked, I recently asked some disciples of the Lucknow satsang for the date of Gudhari's passing, a very important day for them, which they commemorate each year. As is often the case, you know, Kirpal Singh's birth, Kirpal Singh's passing, uh, Swamiji's birth, Swamiji's passing, you know, guru days like that are usually commemorated by their followers. This is the date they gave me, the exact death date for Maharaj Gudhari Sahib. According, well, I'll skip the part about the, Hin, the Hindi calendar, the Hindu calendar, uh, but it translates into August of 1860 as being the death date of Gudhari Sahib. This date also coincides with Tulsi Das Jayante, the commemoration of the birthday of Sant Tulsi Das. This day on our calendar, which would vary each year uh, from a day sometime in late July to sometime in mid-August, according to our calendar. Only a few months later, during the same year, according to the Hindu calendar, is when Swamiji Maharaj began his public mission and opened the satsang in Agra, opened the doors to the public of the satsang in Agra. During that same period, Gudhari's successor in Lucknow, Sri Dalal Sahib, began his ministry as guru at the Lucknow Mandir. What had been the one Tulsi Sahib group associated with Gudhari, with the satsang in Agra, 
and one in Lucknow became two distinct groups, one branch continuing in Lucknow, headed by Sri Dalal Sahib, and the other one based in Agra, led by Swamiji Maharaj. Now, a couple of footnotes here before we take a break. Uh, I do, in this article, document Swamiji Maharaj's association with Tulsi Sahib, how Tulsi Sahib was his initiating guru, and we've documented already about his uh, a little bit about his association with and support for Gudhari Sahib as Tulsi's successor. And there's a lot more documentation about that association showing that it was one group, a, a Tulsi Sahib Santmat group with various satsangs. And Swamiji Maharaj was active as a, an initiating guru in... Agra prior to 1861, prior to 1860, prior to the death of Gudhari Sahib. So I do address how that can be, uh, how that works in this particular group, the Tulsi Sahib Satsang. Sometimes you have new gurus uh, functioning as guru even before the death of the guru that appointed them. I'll go into that and um, provide that as you stay tuned, you're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. The history of Santmat is my focus today. Stay tuned for more after this break. Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami history, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Some footnotes to my footnotes, some follow-up comments to the first segment before I move on to cover more things. Two points. Swamiji's home in Lucknow and Swamiji's home at Panagali in Agra. Swamiji Maharaj was already functioning as a spiritual master, initiating people prior to 1861 with the opening to the public of the Radhaswami Satsang and prior to August of 1860 and the death of Gudhari Sahib. How can this be? For some, succession always should play out the same way every time. One succession should always be like another. Many imagine that all successions from one master to the next in Santmat must be identical to how it was in 1948 when Hazur Baba Sawan Singh passed on. There is the death of the master, someone publicly reads out a will, naming a spiritual successor, that person assumes the role of guru, begins his satsang talks and public functioning as guru, initiating people and so on. But it doesn't always have to be that way. Succession happens differently in some places. It isn't isn't the same every time, everywhere. For instance, with Baba Fakir Chand, Baba Fakir Chand appointed several spiritual successors who functioned as gurus prior to 
his death by a few years. It's also true in the Tulsi Sahib group that it works that way. For instance, Swami Vyasanand became a functioning guru, went on uh, trips, tours, taught people, gave satsang, initiated souls, had two ashrams built prior to, several years prior to, a decade prior to the death of his mentoring guru, Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. So, in other words, uh, Swami Vyasanand was already established, already had ashrams, already was giving satsang, and was very much established before the passing of Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. And I believe that succession in the case of Swamiji Maharaj very much was like that. He was already functioning as master, already initiating souls, even though his mentoring guru was still alive. And so in Kirpal Singh's book about the life of Baba Jamal Singh, you find Baba Jamal Singh having his first encounter with Swamiji's satsang back in the mid-1850s. It was a kind of closed-circuit affair, a kind of by-invitation-only, sort of quiet home satsang. But nevertheless, Swamiji Maharaj was holding satsang, initiating people. Swamiji also was giving some public talks at a Sikh temple or Gudwara in Agra for a time and had his home satsang at Panagali in Agra and initiated some people there downstairs in this meditation room within a room. Would you like to see some photos of that room within a room? It's a sacred site. You can see photos of the whole house, including that meditation room downstairs in Swamiji's house in Agra, where Baba Jamal Singh got initiated, where others got initiated as well. You can see photos, request photos of those if, if you like. Downstairs in the basement, Swamiji's meditation room within a room, a kind of cave on demand that he spent many years meditating. That was his meditation spot, a very sacred site in the Radhaswami tradition. And so that satsang, in a quiet, home satsang sort of way, was already functioning long before the passing of Gudhari Sahib in 1860. And that very much fits in with how succession operates in the Tulsi Sahib group and also in the Baba Fakir Chan group as well. Another point. Swamiji's other home was in Lucknow and served as the headquarters, home base, for the Tulsi Sahib satsang there, headed by Maharaj Gudhari Sahib. Now, I am not aware about what's going on there nowadays, if that home is also preserved as a sacred site, like Swamiji's house in Agra, or if it got sold off or, you know, disappeared long ago. Don't, don't know, just don't know. But I am hoping that it got preserved as a sacred site or that Swamiji's house in Lucknow got incorporated into the ashram on the same grounds. It would be nice to know. That is something I would love to learn about. Is it still there somewhere in Lucknow, preserved as a sacred site? I would just love to discover someone 
going to Lucknow or already residing in Lucknow with a great phone with a fairly decent camera that could go take some photos of it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Indeed, indeed. If that home is still there, preserved as a sacred site, you know, Sant Gudhari Sahib's uh, house, which actually was owned by Swamiji Maharaj that served as the early headquarters of the Satsang in Lucknow. Is it still there? Is it still preserved? Is it part of the ashram or at least in the same city? It would be great to discover the answer to that question and see some photos of it. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, my overall point is that you have a a Tulsi Sahib satsang with branches in different cities. And, you know, there's the Agra satsang headed by Swamiji Gudhari Sahib in Lucknow, Sir Swami Sahib in Hathras, and other gurus and guru lineages in other cities. And then after 1860, they all kind of go in their own uh, directions. You know, you have the uh, the establishment of the Radhaswami satsang in 1861 with Swamiji going public with his spiritual mission there based in Agra. After the break, we'll delve into Baba Devi Sahib's encounter with Huzur Maharaj, Rai Salagram of the Radhaswami faith. They had a discussion one day about Swamiji and the gurus that he was affiliated with. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up after this break. Sant Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami, part one, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. All of these Santmat groups are connected with the same path. All are one. And I'm about to share with you an encounter where they all come together. Tulsi Sahib group, Maharishi Mehi branch, Gudhari Sahib, Radhaswami, all touching, all connecting in this historic account, revealing an earlier association, all part of the same group founded by Tulsi Sahib originally. This association of Shiv Dayal Singh or Sant Radhaswami Sahib with Param Sant Dayal Sri 108 Gudhari Sahib, as he is known in the Lucknow Satsang, is now independently verified by yet another source, another branch of Santmat. The following is from the biography of Baba Devi Sahib, published by the Maharishi Mehi Ashram, located near the Ganges at Kapagats Bhagalpur in Bihar district, India. Connected with the lineage of Baba Devi Sahib and Maharishi Mehi Paramhans, a branch of the Tulsi Sahib Satsang, 
but one that's not really close to the Gudhari satsang in Lucknow. In other words, they are not affiliated directly with the Gudhari sahib ashram in Lucknow. They barely have any knowledge of their existence. Not much interaction between the Lucknow satsang and the Maharishi Mehi group, but fortunately, their history has preserved some vitally important evidence. Baba Devi Sahib, the devotee who would eventually publish the great work known as the Ghat Ramayan, the great spiritual classic of Tulsi Sahib, who was blessed as an infant by Tulsi Sahib, who predicted he would become a great saint, and who grew up in the Hathras community presided over by Sir Swami, as an adult he eventually spent some time in Agra. He was close friends with a Radhaswami devotee by the name of Padmadas, who invited him to the Radhaswami satsang in Agra, where Padmadas introduced Baba Devi to Rai Salagran, who was guru there after the time of Swamiji Maharaj. Quote, Padmadas took Baba Devi to Rai Bahadur Salagram's satsang. There, Padmadas narrated to Salagram Sahib about Baba Devi's story, his intensified devotion right from childhood, the demise of his parents at a young age, his firm determination and increasing intuition to spend his life as a yogi in a lonely place of solitude. Hearing all of these, Rai Salagram asked Baba Devi, Do you know the method of meditation which you wish to practice in a secluded place? Yes, Baba Devi replied humbly. Then Salagram Sahib asked, From where have you received this instruction? Baba Devi said, I am a disciple of Sant Tulsi Sahib, and he himself has blessed me. Then Salagram Sahib became very glad to hear it, and said to Baba Devi, That you are a member of my own family, because Sant Tulsi Sahib was my most reverend. Rai Salagram Sahib further explained about the association of his guru, Shivdayal Swamiji, and Sant Tulsi Sahib's disciple, Gudhari Das. He disclosed that his guru, Shivdayalji, used to say that Shivdayal had been greatly benefited with his association with Baba Gudhari Das, a disciple of Sant Tulsi Sahib. Unquote. From the biography of Baba Devi Sahib, excerpted in English at the Sadguru Mehi website on a webpage titled Life and Teachings of Baba Devi Sahib. There are some Indian scholars, and I cite them in my paper on this topic, that actually believe that Swamiji Maharaj was initiated by Sant Gudhari Sahib. Now, I don't believe that that's the case, but, you know, they're not a part of Santmat, that's not their path, but they do have access to all of these Hindi documents, and they just take note of all of this association and warmth, the connections between Swamiji Maharaj and Gudhari Sahib, and just assume that Gudhari Sahib is his primary initiating guru. Now, most who are acquainted with Santmad or a part of Santmad or the Radhaswami faith may realize that uh, Swamiji Maharaj was initiated when he was younger by Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. 
Uh, but they see a lot of warmth. These scholars, these Indian scholars, see a lot of connection, a lot of warmth and close association between Gudhari and Swamiji, and just assume that Swamiji was uh, initiated by Gudhari. I would say that a, a good analogy of the relationship would be this. Darshan Singh was initiated by Huzur Baba Sawan Singh, but after Sawan Singh's passing in 1948, associated with Master Kirpal Singh. So, Darshan Singh was initiated by Sawan Singh, an earlier guru of the lineage, but associated with Kirpal Singh. And I think that's what we're seeing in the life of Swamiji Maharaj. He was initially initiated by uh, Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, but became associated with Gudhari Sahib after Tulsi's passing. I, and so it's like Darshan Singh and associated with Kirpal after the passing of Sawan Singh. I think that is a accurate, spot-on way of describing the nature of the relationship precisely. I would say that pretty much does it right there. And so... After the passing of Gudhari Sahib, you know, that's when Swamiji Maharaj goes public with the Radhaswami Satsang and becomes the primary guru of this branch, the head of this branch that became very kind of separate, going its own way, you know, uh, quite separate from the Lucknow Satsang. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. There's lots more to come, more descriptions of the relationship between Swamiji and Gudhari, uh, a very wonderful story about Swamiji traveling through the great void in meditation and getting stuck in the great void and consulting with his gurus on the inner planes. Uh, just a wonderful story found in the Sarbachan and commented on by another Radhaswami guru who is very much acquainted with Tulsi Sahib and Sant Gudhari. Sahib that provides us with more confirmation of this relationship with this lesser known guru of Radhaswami by the name of Sant Gudhari Sahib. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up. Sant Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Sant Mahat, the unknown guru of Radhaswami. Part one on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. There are some Indian scholars that also characterize the nature of Swamiji's relationship with Sant Gudhari Sahib, and they find a, a close relationship there based on the Hindi documents they have access to. I'll skip ahead a little bit. You can read the entire paper on this subject. Listen for my email address and text message number. I'll share with you a link to this ebook paper on this subject with all of the footnotes and quotations and references. In the Tulsi Sahib branch of Santmat, there are two initiations. The first initiation is into the meditation practices of Simran, Manas Jap you know, the repetition of sacred names, Manas Dhyan, visualizing the form of the Master, and Dristi Sadhana, inner light meditation at the third eye center. After the student-disciple is established in the experience of inner light during their meditations, 
then at some point there is given the second initiation, which is into the practice of Surat Shab Yoga, inner sound meditation. This twofold approach to initiation is the old school way of doing it in the Tulsi Sahib community and other older Sant lineages. Even if Gudhari Sahib was the person imparting or conveying the meditation instructions on both occasions to Swamiji, the timeline suggests it would have been with the blessings and authority of Tulsi Sahib very much alive, and so Swamiji would have regarded Tulsi Sahib as his initiating guru. What has come to light with these various accounts, above and below, the ones we've talked about and the ones we haven't gotten to yet, and is new, at least to most people, is that Swamiji Maharaj had a close affiliation with Sant Gudhari Sahib after the departure of Sant Tulsi Sahib in 1843. For Swamiji, Gudhari was the next guru or master of the lineage, and Gudhari was given by Swamiji Maharaj all of the respect of a competent living master and spiritual successor. In the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry, Swamiji Maharaj describes his travel through the great void, the great darkness, and he was describing how his spirit was soaring and and trying to get to the bottom of this great void. He was exploring it. This is in Surat Shabd Yoga meditation or soul travel through the inner planes and uh, traveling to this realm known as Soon and Maha Soon. And in the Sarbachan, in a certain hymn of the Sarbachan, which I document in my paper, uh, Swamiji was saying he just really couldn't get to the bottom of this great void. And in this description are references to multiple gurus, Spirits dwelling there are characterized by excessive delicacy, subtlety, refinedness, and purity. They don't have a trace of physical coarseness and impurity, Swamiji says in the Sarbachan poetry hymns. The details of this sphere are known only to fakirs. Full particulars of these regions are known only to saints. In other words, to unfold more about this is not proper and advisable. For a long time, the spirit of this fakir, Swamiji referring to himself, lingered and stayed there, and then under the instructions from the teachers and guides, plural, in other words, moved ahead. And then in another reference uh, in the Sarbachan poetry, he refers to being guided by the sages in his travels through this great void. In my paper, I have a quote, the whole thing quoted, using the quintessential discourse Radhaswami, the M.G. Gupta translation of Sarbachan, with also a portion of the S.D. Maheshwari translation of Sarbachan. For a long time, the spirit of this fakir lingered and stayed there, and under the instructions from the teachers and guides, moved ahead. That reference is commented on, that Sarbachan hymn is commented on by a disciple of Swamiji Maharaj by the name of Sant 
Garabdas, another successor of Swamiji, in his book Anmol Vajan. And in my paper on the Radha, on this Radhaswami chapter of history, I show a photo of, of the pages where Garabdas is commenting on Swamiji's hymn from the Sarabachan, commenting on who he names in his commentary. The, he, he names the teachers and guides referred to here by Swamiji, helping him out with his soul travel through the great void. Garabdas says those guides guiding Swamiji through the great void were Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras and Sant Gudhari Sahib. This has been part one of Sant Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami. If you'd like to read my paper on the subject that includes these uh, quotes, all of these references, send me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Request the Gudhari Sahib book or a link to it online. You can also send a text message to me at this number, 508 603-9381. On next week's program, we'll pick up right here with the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry, Sant Garabdas's commentary on it, talking about Swamiji's association with Gudhari Sahib, this missing chapter or little-known chapter of Radhaswami history. I'll delve into who... Garabdas was as a successor, a disciple of Swamiji, where he fits in and some of his some of his teachings as well. On part two of Maharaj Gudhari Sahib, the unknown guru of Radhaswami history. Tune in again next week at the same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. <laughs> 